Hey everyone, sorry about this, but we're going to have a bit of sponsored content before we start the show. I imagine you were probably in the mood for a beer after our display on Saturday, so we've teamed up with Beer 52, the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Every month they source the world's best beers and bring them back for their members. This month's theme is beers from Korea. I've just had a silky smooth daydream IPA from the Magpie Brewing Co. I'm about to try a 6% blackcurrant milkshake IPA. There's no minimum commitment. You can just take the free case, try the beers and see what you think. If it's not for you, you can pause or cancel at any time. As a Wizards listener, you get your first case free. Just pay postage. That's eight beers, ferment magazine and a snack. Just visit beer52.com. That's beer number five, number two dot com forward slash wizards and join the club. And you'll also be massively helping out this podcast. Cans. Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. My name is David Cowlishaw and joining me... It's Tony Lloyd. How you doing? Good evening. Um, not too bad, actually. All things considered. Yeah, I mean, we we say that a lot. No matter how desperately bad Stoke are, we we always say we're fine whenever we chat to each <laughs> other on this podcast. But yeah, here we are, another Sunday evening, another Sunday evening after a Stoke City defeat uh, to West Brom. We never beat West Brom, as I believe the song goes. Uh, a few three-word reviews on that game. I expected worse. Booing must stop. Frustrating evening again. Rapidly losing faith. Losing the will. Same old shite. Glad stayed home. I hate life. Netflix documentary, please. <laughs> Diamond my arse. <laughs> That's, that sounds painful, mate. I, you know... Uh, backwards, sideways, painful, a table only positive until next year. Absolutely no deserve. Yeah, you you get the picture from that. Things things are not desperately happy uh, among the Stoke fan base. And where should they be? Uh, another defeat, no goals again, no real clear cut openings either. Uh, Tony, what did you make of the game? Because Whilst you can argue West Brom are a lot better than us this season and this is still a team trying to adapt to a new manager and all the rest of it, we, we're we still we're still so desperately poor, aren't we? We are. I think I would argue both those things. Um, he's come in without a pre-season, etc., etc., etc. I could go on for forever about that. Um, but as far as the game itself goes, I don't think we were terrible. I mean, if you think back a few months, it's not that long ago that we were conceding double figures of really good chances, even if we weren't letting four or five goals in. And we just could not defend at all. We're more solid now, I think, than we were obviously tailing the last season, but that's a whole different thing. I think we're more solid than at times under Rowett, despite as trying to put into action this new system, which is obviously, it's an attacking system and it carries risk with it. I mean, you've got the diamond in midfield, which is supposed to overload the midfield with the wing-backs providing the width, but then that does mean you're pushing the opposition out wide to cross into the box and the assumption is you'll then deal with that and historically we can't deal with anything at all so obviously that's not great but as far as yesterday goes it was 
they had one chance. They happened to score it. We had a couple of free kicks, maybe three free kicks from around the same sort of range as their free kick that they scored from. We shot two of them into the stands hopelessly and the other one created our one shot on target, I think, if you could call it that. I mean, it was borderline because it was a really, really loopy header, but you could argue it was a shot on target. Um but I don't know. I don't know how much we're expecting. Obviously, I think, I think the Leeds what the Leeds result was excited us a bit, but that was a whole different thing. It was nice to have three points, but I, it it wasn't a terrible performance. You can you can say that West Brom didn't create many chances, but I mean you say a few free kicks there. We had did we have one shot on target the whole game? Did we have any? I mean the 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 system should be attacking, but we're just not creating chances. Now, Jones has come in for criticism for more than any of his previous ones, as far as I can tell, because he's persisted with McLean up front, uh, which in the 10-minute cameo against Leeds, I thought was good. But uh, the game before this one against Hull didn't work. Uh, he's he's dropped Bojan, uh, and it's had had moments we've still got no left back and it just seems like if you're going to implement a system try and come close to having the players for it I, I mean I, I sort of hate myself for saying this because I think I'll just fucking get a grip we've just got to plod on until the end of the summer but I'm also thinking are we really going to play Klukas or Martins Indy at left back for the rest of the season I mean we, we I suppose we kind of have to but it's just we're not going to see the the full effect of the diamond with this current crop of players, which makes me wonder why we're even doing it a bit. But they also, I kind of think the players need to adapt to it. So I'm kind of you know rocking a hard place. I think he's doing it to see which of the players can do it because he needs to know for the end of the season who to get rid of, who he needs to bring in. It feels like he's. I mean, he he really is just trying everyone. At the minute, isn't he? He's, he's got all sorts of. He's chopping and changing every week, which doesn't help the team gel. But you can see, I think, why he's doing it. Um, as far as left back goes, I don't think Lucas is a left back. I don't. I mean, obviously, he's played there a bit, and he was at fault for the goal yesterday. But he's hmm. he's he's not a. I mean, we've only seen him play in his natural position for maybe two games. And the first game at Derby was pretty good. And, I mean, this is, he, what did Swansea pay? 15 million quid or something for him. And a year ago, he scored two against Arsenal for Swansea, and Swansea beat him 3-1. So, it, like, there's a re... I mean, he's coming back from injury as well, but there's a reasonable chance that he might come good. I don't think he's written off. Um, Timon? I think yeah. if Jones if Jones could go round the ground before the game and just get everyone to sign a bit of paper saying they won't boo him if he loses the ball or misplaces a pass, then I'd probably play him for the rest of the season based on the first half against Shrewsbury where I thought he was really good. Um he seemed to know, his his positioning was pretty good and attacking he was certainly a better bet than Bruno, bless him. Um but he's not he's if he plays now as soon as he does anything wrong, the booze will be out and it's it'll break him. So I don't know what you do, really. Presumably you just keep playing him for little bits at a time, like we maybe are. Mm. 
the uh, substitution, the late substitution of Shawcross, uh, kind of thrown on as a striker rather than Benikafobe caused a few, uh, caused a bit of consternation anyway. And uh, subs have come in for some stick. Uh, is it already beginning to emerge who the favourites are and who aren't? Because Afobe must be thinking. I mean. You, you know, I, I don't think Afobe's been good at all, but I think he's he's a he's a striker. Ryan Shawcross is not a striker, and that just felt a bit baffling and maybe kind of making a point to Afobe or something. Um, it did have shades of David James coming on to play up front. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah. Stuart Pearce did that. Stuart Pearce did that when he did have a recognised striker on the bench. On the anyway. bench. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think it was that bad, and I, it was only the last two minutes of injury time, so it wasn't like it was ten minutes to go. Yeah, um, I think Shawcross was given a job to just get people out of the way for the proper strikers, rather than oh, now there's a goal, Ryan. Um, I think the intention there was was to disrupt what was going in in the box, which obviously it didn't work because we didn't score. But you, you alluded to it there, the. Uh kind of fan atmosphere and more specifically like the, the booing and, and jeering and stuff and Nathan Jones uh, alluded, well he, d- he did more than allude to it in his post-match interviews, he said more or less, look uh, can we not boo when we pass it back to a goalkeeper when there's no other options on it, if you want me to just knock up to a big man, tell me and I'll sign players to do that and he's a lot of people like were saying this is Jones rattled now. This is Jones like maybe it fully dawning on him, you know how big a job it is. Uh, and uh, to plug wizardsofdribble.com, uh, Tom Thrower has written a piece called "Stop Effing Booing" um, about about this kind of phenomenon at matches now, where it just feels like. Everyone involved fucking hates football. It's <laughs> it's a proper poisonous atmosphere at home games now, and I don't like to be kind of um, melodramatic. And it's certainly not all fans by any stretch, but it's more than a few. It's more than a vocal minority. That's enough, are, isn't it? Yeah, definitely enough. And it's I I get it. It's been shite. For three seasons, it's been utter toilet support in Stoke. It's been dreadful, considering where we should be versus amount spent, quality of player, quality of manager, ambition, supposedly, size of club, all the rest of it. Where we should be is so far removed from where we are now. But that's one thing. But you've also got to kind of decontextualise your frustrations for a football match. That West Brom game, I, t- I tell you what, it feels like Nathan Jones is getting Gary Rowett's booze and Gary Rowett was getting Paul Lambert's booze and any booze directed at Lambert was residual booze that Mark Hughes should have got in the first place. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, I'm so annoyed about Hughes still, but I didn't really uh, boo Mark Hughes enough at the time, so now I'm just letting it rip. Um now, again, it's not like a lot of this squad isn't shit. And it's not like <laughs> this season has been in any way 
of a passable standard for the quality, supposed quality of player. But fucking hell, when there's no pass on, sometimes you pass backwards. It's not fucking difficult, is it? If you really thought that performance deserved uh, booing at full time, then fair play. You've, you may have a higher standard for watching Stoke than a lot of other people. And and that higher standard comes from, I suppose, being talked about as as league favourites, being in the Premier League for ten seasons, having all our kind of successes of those ten seasons. I get it. I I'm so thoroughly angry at Stoke, but I just I don't understand it. I just want. Did you watch the Man City game today? Yeah. They passed it backwards so much. <laughs> they and did you see, and Aguero missed from three inches. Yeah. And so, but he didn't get booed. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Orphy from Duckmogs kind of cut to the heart of what, what I'm talking about here when he says, why do folk only perceive two ways of supporting? Clap like a lunatic as if everything is perfect or boo or wail constantly like toddlers. Any other moderates out there hoping to survive the apocalypse, meet me on the first A50 bridge at sundown. I'm there every night, good luck. I do worry we've gone a bit mad with power after we've single-handedly got Gary Rowett sacked. Mm. It's like, oh, we we booed loads and he got sacked, so let's just fucking go crazy and ruin everything and just boo all the time and get more people sacked and just, yeah, fire, yeah. (laughs) But but we wanted Gary Rowett sacked for, I think, still legitimate reason. We don't want to sack Nathan Jones. No. We we like Nathan Jones. We think Nathan Jones needs time, needs, like, literally the full support of... Uh, every Stoke fan, when he goes axe swinging in the summer and <laughs> and takes a few bodies out, God, God, will be right behind him. But they, they, you, you, it's all well and good preaching like, yes, fully behind Nathan Jones. It's a long term project. I think I even said after the Preston game, which was dreadful, mm-hmm. I said after that, this will get worse before it gets better. But for some pe- for some reason, people thought. Oh, this this is gonna get better very very soon now. It's it, not. That's just clearly. It was clearly not gonna happen. It would be the most Stoke thing ever if we got ourselves someone who's widely acknowledged as a football visionary and then just demanded that he turns into Tony Pulis in the first month. Mm. Just get it up there and fucking. But but this is what this is what it feels like to me. This is it feels regressive. It, it feels like yeah. bring back the good old days of Lumpet Fort. And they they were great days, but mm. there was a reason Pulis left in the first place. It was garbage before, in those final couple of seasons. It was it really, was. really bad. And and that's why... And the same <coughs> with Hughes. You know, it got really bad after they were allowed to build the team they wanted. If mm. Pulis and Hughes, they were given time, because Hughes really struggled at the start. Uh, um, as did Pulis but they were given the time to build the team they wanted they implemented it for a while and they had success for a while and then it fell away as a lot of managers do the great ones sustain it but uh, it's like we, this guy's barely got his feet under the desk and just like the knives are out man it's just it's, really depressing it's frightening I don't know what we expect it's it's 
it's just I mean he's had no pre-season and he's been here a month with a pretty packed schedule so he's had two midweek games I think out of the five we've played or whatever it is so I don't know how many days of training that is um, mm. but I think the norm's like a day off after the game anyway and probably a day off before so they're not knackered or a day off in the middle of the week and then you've got a midweek games so I think in the Brentford game we had a 15 minute spell where you could see what he was trying to do mm. and that obviously it wasn't the best game and we lost but it was a little spell where we pressing and passing it around in the middle and you could you could just you just thought oh oh this is different and new we're playing at the speed that other football teams on telly play at that's exciting and then maybe one training session before the Shrewsbury game where yeah the first half was magnificent Good. really I know they didn't put up much of a fight but really we we looked great obviously we collapsed in the space of 15 minutes or whatever but up until that point, you could, you could, it was all very encouraging. Many had maybe a two or three day gap before the Leeds game, which where we we holiday expressed them into the ground, which was lovely. But then he had his first full week of training, which preceded the Preston game, which obviously was, as you say, it was, it was dire. Um, but as far as a month goes, it's not like he's been they've, he's been with the team all day every day for a month. It's not like you or I being at work all the time. It's, he only has a few hours a day. And in that time, he's trying to size up who can do what in the system, I think. He's probably lost a few days of that to the transfer window as well, where he got rid of Martina, so that should buy him some credit. Uh, he's trying to put in place this entirely new system. You can strike off a couple of the training sessions before the Leeds game because he was teaching them a an extra different system and then he's having to use the games to try the players out so you've got Tymon and Sorison having minutes who we haven't really seen up till now um, and he's got to do it during the games which means he's changing players around which they can't gel as quickly as they might otherwise but he's doing that because he can't it's not like he can look at videos from previous games because we were absolute dog piss in all of them near enough we weren't really playing a system at all half the time. Certainly nothing like his system, and the demands of his system are really, really different. So you've got that. Also, obviously, we're not, we don't look fit. I think that's been an ongoing problem for since Pulis. I think mm. all the managers have complained about that when they've come in, but maybe he'll be the first one to actually uh, do something about it. The confidence is shattered isn't it I mean we're as fragile as dehydrated arseholes we're just and then we've got the crowd who've got the protractors out every time there's a pass to see if it was backwards it's uh, what expectations do we have at this point I mean the players they're going to make mistakes they're trying to learn something new we don't have world class players like we might have had the odd one in the past like we said about Man City they were making Man City misplaced some passes obviously they're creating tons and tons of chances so it doesn't matter as much and we're not doing that in the final third we're not getting it into the we're not getting in the six yard box very often at all for the last few games but that's been a problem for 18 months two years probably maybe more so we're building towards that but you can see in the build-up play we're actually putting it together a little bit now 
And I know mm. he said, I, I can sort of, like, after the game, he said it was the best we played. And I can sort of see, I don't agree with that, but I can see why he's saying it. If he's, he's saying to the players, you all did the things I asked you to, I want to encourage that. So I'm going to publicly say that was brilliant. If that yeah. makes sense. And uh, on on the kind of going back to the boon, like I'm pretty sure like ninety ninety five percent of it isn't directed Nathan Jones' direction at all. It's directed in the players' direction. Yeah. But there, and again, I'm I'm a bit kind of reluctant to get on board with it purely because they they they'll say they're burning them because they're not trying or they're just not putting the effort in or whatever. But I'm not even sure I necessarily buy that. I think there are... I think I said this at the end of last season, so forgive me for repeating myself with kind of this the championship version of, of Stoke, but there are players who aren't good enough, maybe, um, but players who don't give a shit... I mean, by all means... Like, let us know which players you can definitely say with a hundred percent clarity they are not trying. Because I'm not who 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 in these last six games would you say he has not tried a jot there? He is not bothered. And if and I want to know what what you judge that on. If Ryan Woods pulls out of a tackle. I don't think it's because he's not bothered. I think he's just misjudged a tackle. If James McLean has put a shit cross in, it's not as if if he was more arsed, he would have put a better cross in. If a phobie misses a chance, it's not, oh, but he doesn't care, therefore he, he would have buried it if he cared. You know, it's just... It's an easy conclusion to jump to. We're shit because we're shit, not because we're trying to be shit. We're just shit, all right? <laughs> I, I assume people would point at Klukas in response to that. Partly yeah, but again... because he did that shushing celebration. But yeah, again... It, yeah. <laughs> I, I think maybe Klukas needs to cl- maybe clarify the shushing celebration. I don't know if it was directed... Well, I, I don't the, think the, it was. The Stoke, the Stoke, yeah, again, he's getting a lot of crap for... For the celebration that we don't really know the full story behind, um, and even if it was directed at us, based on the evidence of the West Brom game, does he not have a point in that? It, sometimes silence is better than being groaned at for making a pass which keeps possession of the ball. Um, I well, think I was... Lucas has been poor, Sorry. but I think that's also a consequence of not playing in his proper position and. Joining a team off the back of a long-term injury, and again, and I don't see the, uh, I don't see him pulling out a deck chair and getting a margarita. No, I mean the thing I noticed when I dug out that Swansea Arsenal game because I wanted to see if his goals were any good, because I knew he'd scored against them, and then when I looked at it, they were quite good, and also he shushed the crowd after both goals. So oh, maybe right. that's just what he does. Maybe he just shushes people maybe he just hates football fans <laughs> who'd argue <laughs> but yeah I mean I'd, he's a tidy enough on on the evidence of 
a couple of games at Swansea. He's a tidy player. They paid loads of money for him because he was quite good at Hull. Maybe he's a bit of a dickhead. I don't know. But he's he, he needs to be given time. I mean, whenever we get one new player come in, or generally in football, a team gets one new player in, it takes them a little bit of time to adapt to the system and the other players and what have you. And everyone would generally give them a break. We've got the whole squad doing that now because the system's completely new. We're playing with different people all the time and it's it's all new. So why can't we just give them a bit of a break now? I mean, yeah, obviously you'll I... want to win, but... <laughs> Yeah, that that would be lovely. I'd love a bloody win, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm this. It's different to Rowett because Rowett came in, promised us the earth, and played a brand of football. Having got in the players he wanted, got in the players he wanted, assembled the team he wanted, and after we beat Swansea in a crap game in sort of November time, he said, "Right, this is my team now." And then yeah. we got his team, and it was shit. It was just really bad. And we had Ashley Williams charging about and we're next to Martina, and just they ran into each other and hurt their heads. Oh. And it, it Not was in like a watching. cool Robert Hoof way. No, like him in a chuckle vision kind of way. Yeah. Oh, um, God, it was horrible. A few, a few listener comments on, uh, on the booing. Uh, Tom Lee says... The product on offer is really subpar. Not bothered staying till full time to boo the last two home games. Yesterday was the first time I really let loose at the players, though Klukas mainly. Um, Mike Lawton says, Jeers are expressions of the last three years of decline. They're justified. But Lewis, on the other hand, says, uh, can understand the frustration, but boos are pointless. Jones was clearly fuming about the boos in his post-match interview. Uh, on a similar tangent, Sam Thorley says, yes, the booing is so counterproductive. Booing doesn't lift anybody's game. Anybody citing a lack of effort yesterday was watching a different game to me. And Daz says, uh, some good points raised here in the Tom Thray article. And although, in my opinion, there's still a lack of commitment, drive and effort from certain players, any deserved criticism gets lost in the constant fog of negativity created by the boo boys and girls. Uh, Robin says, the fans have reached their limits, that's why they boo. Had the football improved significantly under Jones, it wouldn't happen. Had we started to score more goals, it wouldn't happen. Had we drawn matches rather than lose, it wouldn't happen. It's the only way they can express anger. Um, Sharky says, booing may not help the players, but some fans need to vent their frustrations. Can't help blaming the manager. Can't keep blaming the manager, he isn't playing. The players have to take the criticism... No good moaning afterwards because they will know what part of the game they found frustrating, just saying. Uh, and Simon says, if I get criticised, if I underperform at work, why should footballers be any different? Uh, I want to kind of unpack that last question. Uh, it was It's different because you're not publicly... Well, I hope, Simon, you're not, if you underperform at work, publicly booed by your clients or whatever, or your punters or, or you know, who, whoever you work for. You're not just paraded in front of them and they just boo you. Especially when you make a, you know, run-of-the-mill decision that is for the long-term, for this long-term, you know, the, and this analogy is being stretched so much. <laughs> um, if you reply to an email, okay, you haven't... Uh, 
save the company a thousand pounds a week, but you've at least done your job. This this is the uh, office equivalent of keeping possession right now. <laughs> replying to an email. I haven't worked in an office in so long. I can't remember what oh, it's like. Jealous. Um, but people saying, look, this is just a natural venting of frustration from from subpar performances for years. And as I said before, I totally, totally get that. But time and a place. It, it doesn't help, does it? Mm-hmm. Like it's not. It's just making everything worse. I don't think fans are to blame for us playing badly, but from a confidence point of view, you can see, you can see we're rock bottom, confidence-wise, and that isn't going to help. They don't. I think sometimes we're scared to shoot because if we don't score, then people will start shouting at them because we should have passed to whoever. Unless it's a free kick, obviously, then we shoot all the time for some reason, even though we're rotten. Hmm. It's, the fans aren't to blame, but but they're not the problem, but they're not the solution either. So no, and we've shown that we can be. Yeah. When we first went up and the first season up and all that, we really like the fans. Literally, can make an actual difference to the performances on the pitch. So it's frustrating that we can't just flick a switch and start using that and scare away away teams visiting us with that because it worked really well, even when we were quite shit when we first went up people didn't want to play against us and a, an amount of that was down to the fans but now we're turning it on ourselves which is just frustrating uh, I think we've talked enough about that uh, we'll just have uh, a quick positives from the game from Robin Tunstall uh, apart from the goal solid back before performance something to build on Klukas looks like he'll do a job at left back Alan and Tabo look like mainstays as the pairing in the diamond of midfield Edwards looks the second closest thing we have to a captain so, you know, make of that what you will. Uh, but it's time for Ryan's question. Ryan, Welcome to Question Time. You are throwing away not as shit as before party for the Stoke squad. What food and activities have you got planned for the evening? Tony, do you have a party in... In mind. I am hugely underprepared for this, but you can tell by the tone of the question it was written before the game. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I would say, although it's a party, immediately my mind jumps to a kid's party, but I would say definitely not a buffet because everyone will sort of stand quite near the food without really getting close enough to threaten it. So <laughs> on that basis, it needs to be a sit-down meal kind of thing. But then I'd worry about who's going to provide decent service. <laughs> and we'll need someone on duty to clear the plates away afterwards because I don't think anyone will finish. Nice. Um, see what he's done there. That See, that, <coughs> that by the way, is w- why we are the best Oak City podcast <laughs> in the world. It's sh- sheer near-the-knuckle... Bill Maher-esque satire. Just... <laughs> Um, as far as actual food goes, I didn't come up with much. Maybe like KP square crisps, because if you rotate them slightly, they're diamond shaped. <laughs> um, sandwiches cut into diamond shapes. Uh, cheese cubes, but cut into diamond shapes. Um, activities. 
I only came up with one thing, which was like split into groups, and then the defense can play statues, and the midfield can play statues, and I thought the strikers could just go really far away and play statues. <laughs> uh, a few, a few from the listeners. Uh, there was a, there was a, there's a bit of a theme with these uh, responses. Jace uh, of this parish says. Followed a failed failed attempt at spin the bottle due to a lack of bottle. The players engaged in a game of I have never, in which the question I have never played well leaves everyone standing in silence. There's also quiche. At G Stokey, main activity would be a Ouija board with the letters inexplicably spelling out P-E-N-A-L-T-Y. Everyone leaves after that. Ben Rowley says, pass the parcel, except the parcel is blame. <laughs> Dom says, to keep up the theme, I'd serve breads. Different sizes of bread, long ones, short ones, probably some as big as your head. Parlour games for fun. Rupert, the obvious party game would be to have penalties against Potamus. The winner will get a 10k bonus and a very special goodie bag. The competition will go on for 15 hours before Jones has to call it a day. <laughs> and... A lovely, just forward response uh, to this question: What food you serving? Uh, what what food you serving? And what activities you want? And it's also going to be my next band name. Matt <laughs> says, "Spotted Dick Spot Kick." <laughs> uh, myself, um, I had to Google children's party activities just now because that that might be the saddest thing I've ever done because I just couldn't think what happens at a party uh, yeah you can tell I get invited to loads uh, but I thought uh, a piñata of Mark Cartwright because you know easy easy scapegoat and probably full of sweets uh, now musical chairs but uh, the chairs are where I sit in block 30 and there's this guy who like always comes in after five minutes and then leaves on fifteen minutes, and so I just do that. They're just the frustration of like, all oh, right, I'm sat down. All oh, right, okay, all right, see you, mate. And he always just stops and talks to people on his road. He's the strangest guy. I think people in Block Thirty might know who I mean, but I won't go into more specifics just in case they don't. Uh, and then he finds out and beats me up. But yeah, he was that, but musical somehow. Uh, and pass the parcel. No, don't pass the parcel that way. Boom! <laughs> Launch it. Launch the parcel. Get it up there now. Oh. Thank you, Ryan, for Ryan's question. Whew. Um, to be honest, Tony, I'm a bit uh, bored of talking about Stoke. Would you like some Stoke players in mundane locations? I would like some Stoke players in mundane locations, especially after you read mine out the other week. I'm still buzzing. <laughs> well, you're on the podcast now. You, you, you're probably just... You can't cope. <laughs> That's fair enough. I've got a little bit of box fizz in a glass, but yeah, I'm basically living the dream. Right. Uh, these are all off the iTunes. As always, the only way we're guaranteed to read your comment, question, whatever, out on the podcast is if you leave us a five-star iTunes review. Uh, but uh, two iTunes reviews in the last week of Stoke Players in Mundane Locations. Ryan Shawcross, Frankie and Benny's Trentham. He ordered a burger. 
Ryan shot him outside his house. I blocked his driveway with my lorry and he came to ask me to move it so he could get his car out. Jermaine Pennant, North Staffs Hospital. Don't know why he was there. Thought it would have been too inappropriate to ask. Chris Sualumo, Tesco Express Petrol Station, Hartshill. He was buying petrol. <laughs> Classic reason to go to a petrol station. Mike Pedrick, Morrison's Leak. This was a while ago when it was a Safeway store. I was about six. James McLean, Selfridges, The Bull Ring. That man has awful taste in clothing. This is from uh, Rebecca on uh, iTunes as well. Uh, my dad met Charlie Adam in a pub in Blackpool. Lovely man, apparently. Charlie Adam in a pub. Who would have thought? <laughs> Sorry, I, I should refrain from making Charlie Adam jokes because I know you're a fan. And I, I do feel bad for the for the Adamists, and I uh, sully the great man's name. I notice you pluralised that, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I am kind of enjoying his renaissance, although obviously he's hurt himself. So mm. we're missing him, you could argue, but no, he's doing he's doing all right at the minute. Yeah. And what, is, what 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 is his injury? I don't want to make a cheap shot about pies or iron brew, but I don't know. I was just going to say gout. But... <laughs> My best mate had gout recently and it was, um, didn't oh, sound very it's nice. Not nice. It's no, not nice. Bless him. Uh, Charlie Adam, I should say, is not actually my best mate. I didn't mean him. <laughs> right. Uh, I think that is going to be it for the Wizards of Drivel. Uh, it's going to be it for a few things. One, uh, you know... There's only so many times you can talk about uh, Stoke City defeat and go over the same points again. We're also missing Chris and Ben uh, this week for various reasons, but Tony has stepped up at very late notice, so thank you very much, Tony, for that. So if you want to support us on Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash Wizards of Drivel. Hoping to do a Patreon special soon. Uh, fingers crossed we'll get it out maybe even next week. Um, if you want to support us in a way that gets you eight free cans of beer, then beer52.com forward slash wizards uh, gets you your first case of beer52, craft beer sent to you free, yada yada, all the stuff in the start. Uh, so get on that and you'll be helping us out. Uh, I'm going to go to the Wigan game on Wednesday. What a... Yeah, I know. Maybe, maybe, Tony... The push for promotion starts here. For us, a Wigan. This is it. Starts at Wigan. Like all great things, they begin in Wigan. <laughs> the road to Wigan, witty of a word that would make that funny. See, yeah, I was Prizes. automatically thinking of that for the podcast title. The, <laughs> the road to Wigan tears. Oh, maybe. Oh. It rhymes. That'll do. Go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> Cut, paste. Uh, see you later, everyone. Thank you, Tony. Cheers. Your podcast is ever shitter for having me on it. No, don't don't allow people the opportunity to agree with that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been a pleasure as always. Go on, Stoke.